entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? Turn the music up, turn me down. Google. Let's go get him again. This time is for the money, my nigga. Brooklyn, stand up. Never been a nigga this good, but it's long, this hood, or this power is hot. I would say it's a good day, but it ain't because it's been raining still. I mean, no, 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 no. I don't know about you, bro. I could, I, it's a good day for me, man. I got a cut. I'm back. I'm looking like a baddie again. I'm feeling more like myself. I can't really complain today, man. Ew. <laughs> oh, I really look. You really be hating, bro. You gotta cut that out, man. You gotta stop. I'm yo. really, I'm really tough. Woo! Your skin about to pop on vacation. We get this pile out of the way so I can go on this vacation. That's why you having. That's why you feeling good. You you ain't gotta do doing no work, no bullshit, no nothing for the next however many days. Eight days now. See, like I. I don't even. Hey, like you gonna be able to watch the finals and shit, and not have to worry about nothing. Just literally, we just watch them join. Mm. Mm. I'm not even like I don't. <laughs> it's just like I'm. I'm just. I want to go. I wish I had some time to do it, do something like that. God, fuck it. Speaking of the finals, bro. How you feeling, man? We thought but Suns and Four, Suns and Four, and then Giannis broke out, had a crazy game. D Book struggled heavily. I don't know, man. Are the Bucks? Do the Bucks actually have a chance now? Now that they got one game under their belt and kind of made it a two-one series, like, are, are do they have a shot still, or is it just like a lucky game? Like they just the dominoes fell in their position. Well. <laughs> I'm getting really, really weird texts right now. But um, um, I don't think either one of us really believed that Suns and Four was a thing. But that yeah. was the theme. That was a mantra of, you know, their run to the finals. And I'm not going to say that, like, the Bucks don't have a chance because, you know, you have a chance. Anything can happen. I still like Bucks and Six. I mean, um, Suns and Six. I, I was like, like what? <laughs> I like Suns and Six no matter what. I could see it being Suns and Five, but I'm not that surprised that they won game three solely because that nigga Scott Foster is undefeated against Chris Paul. And now I know, like, the conspiracy folks of the world, uh, refs dictate this and, you know... I'm just saying it's a little weird that every time that man, I'm not even a big Chris Paul boy, but there ain't no way you're going to tell me that it's a coincidence that he's played 12 games in the playoffs, 13 games in the playoffs, and have had Scott Foster reffing them joints and he hasn't won one. That's weird. That doesn't add but up. That's not, that's not a coincidence. That's a pattern. And... 
the explanation for why probably I don't know but if I had to point to one singular thing that could be a derivative of that would probably be just free throw disparity which is something that we saw and we heard Monty Williams and them talking about and like I mean whatever however you want to want to slice it like Giannis went to the line 17 times I personally ain't got a problem with that in the sense of if you can't guard me, you got to foul me to stop me, then that's what you need to do. Right. I'm cool with that. Like, James Harden goes to the line 15, 16 times a game as well. It's a skill to me when I view it from him. But James says something funny. You know, I'm going to bring that back in a little bit in regards to this Giannis guy. But I'm not surprised that they won game three because they had to crib. We know Chris Middleton and them probably play better. Drew Holiday was the guy to me that really came through. Yes, sir. And we've been saying that he needs to be the guy to come through. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, not for nothing. I don't like to I told you so about certain things. Yeah, okay. I mean, I don't really get into that. <laughs> yeah, okay. Unless it's some, some warranted shit. however that whole Devin Booker Kobe Bryant next coming 2.0 this that and the fifth I'm not niggas gotta just chill it's okay to say a nigga look like you know a certain dude he played like a certain dude he got mannerisms the same way okay but no (laughs) <laughs> like it's just it's just a simple no because it's not a slight against Devin Booker like it's his first time on the grand stage he's shooting poorly but he's not letting it affect him in a way of you know he's not pouting his body mannerisms is good he's trying to be engaged defensively or, or rebounding or creating off for other people like I'm cool with that but we got to chill with this whole like Devin Booker next Kobe Bryant, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Greek freak, baby Shaq, skinny Shaq. Let's just chill. Cause like, I get it. We try to find things to turn people into, or we try to, you know, big things up to say like, Oh, we was the first people to say this, or, you know, this is really how I feel about this legend and this up and coming guy. And it's like, Devin Booker is Devin Booker and Giannis is Giannis, yo. Giannis isn't Shaq. Niggas was calling into the show today talking about Giannis better than Shaq. Shaq was just a big guy who dunked hard. And it's like, it's like, this is the reason why I be having to go in on dudes like Giannis. Like, I shouldn't have to as a basketball fan. Like, I feel weird saying, yeah, but to a dude who had back-to-back 40s. Yeah. Yeah. Like you had back to back 40s. Now they both ain't worn to win. So like I was trying to tell niggas not all 40s, not all 50s, and not all 60s are the same. The only thing that you know that really is tangible is like you get 81, you're gonna win the game. But whatever. Ah! 
it's just like I shouldn't have to do that about Giannis. But when niggas start putting him on this pedestal and comparing him to these guys and, and these accomplishments and this scope and that lens, it's like, all right, well, I'm going to be the guy that's critical. And I don't think there's nothing wrong with that. Because he's playing good. He's playing phenomenal basketball right now. But in large part because they were stripping the game down for him. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if you remember this. Anthony Davis was once upon a time playing in a basketball game. Might have been an all-star game. Might have been an Olympic game. I'm not sure. You know, I'm just I'm just gonna say he was playing in a game that was kind of fun. You know, we'll, we'll leave it there. And he had a crazy amount of points, whole bunch of dunks and alley oops and shit. Pick and rolls, he's coming off the road hard, flying around. It's what they were doing with Giannis. Now, I don't know how you feel about that, but that's a good way to try to win a game. I mean, I think, I think one, you got to get, I guess we got to give some kind of credit to Mike Budenholzer, right? Because we've been critical of him all year and, and people, I mean, for the past few seasons, because he hasn't been able to get this team to this point, And now that he's finally getting there, those first two games, his team struggled. Yeah, Giannis had 40. That's cool. But just offensively, they just seemed stagnant and there was issues there. And there was obviously questions about Giannis's health. But I think Mike kind of made an adjustment and, and kind of was just playing through um, playing through Giannis a little bit and, and just kind of getting him driving to the basket and slashing to the basket a whole hell of a lot. But like you said, man, I, I drew holidays, the key to the, to, uh, to the uh, Milwaukee Bucks. If, if, if Drew holiday is not being aggressive and not scoring the basketball, they're not going to win. Like, I think the biggest part of that game is, um, that dunk on PJ Tucker. So, first of all, before you even talk about that, I saw people, dudes named Cliff, <laughs> tweeting about one tweet said, Yo, that dunk was crazy. Then the next tweet, I don't know if my algorithm was fucked up or whatever the too. case may be, but it says something along the lines of, Are we really gassing this dunk? Are we really hype about this dunk? I mean, the dude is 6'8 and a professional basketball player. Yeah, I think he said, yeah, I think he said, are we surprised that Cameron Johnson can dunk? And I'm just Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, actually, like the thing on the timeline was a whole bunch of people way smarter than us, way more in tune with us than <laughs> us in basketball, like actual basketball players and like coaches and, you know, people were saying a whole bunch of the same type of some form or fashion of, I ain't know Cam Johnson had that in him. I ain't never seen Cam Johnson do nothing like that. When this boy Cam Johnson get the springs like that, all types of the same type of, I didn't know you could do that. So yeah, Cliff, niggas are surprised at that. Simple. If Furkan Korkmaz did that dunk, niggas would be like, yo, <laughs> yo, that's crazy. Who knew he had that in him? And I'm going to be like, well, the nigga's six eight. what you expect? <laughs> no. I'm going to give credit where credit's due because it was a big point and a pivotal point in the game. And that's the craziest part. Like, yeah. it's like... <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, that point in the game was big because after that, like, 
The Suns go on a crazy run, but the only reason why the Suns don't gain control of that game is because Drew Holiday hits two back-to-back three-pointers to keep the Bucks in the lead. Like, that was the biggest moment of that game. If Drew doesn't do that, they most likely lose that game. And I don't know if you noticed it. I know you probably did, but I don't know if a lot of other people noticed it. But I tweeted that. I said, those are the type of plays. That's the type of play that changes the trajectory of that game. Because before that game, the Suns were just out of it. Hey, they, they were grasping at straws to try and stay in the game. But after that dunk, they were in it. They were, they, they were, it was a dogfight then. But Drew Holiday simmered them down and, and, and kept his team in it. So, I saw that to say, Drew Holiday is the key to the Bucs. Drew Holiday is the key. And is, is the Bucs are only going to go as far as he goes. Yeah, and that's – that's it's not weird to say. It's not crazy to say. It's kind of just like, wow, this is this is where that team is. Yeah. And, like, a lot of people was killing Chuck for saying the best thing that happened to the Bucs, you know, they're a stupid team, like, but the best thing that happened to the Bucs is that you know, Giannis got hurt. And in a way, like those type of things are beneficial because it forces you as the coach to have to figure out how to manufacture offense with what you have. Right. And not for nothing, like, yeah, Chris Middleton may be a household name now. Drew Holiday may be a household name now. But like those aren't two guys that you're going to be like, yo, we got a scheme to make sure we they don't go off so we can win the game. Yeah. And let's keep it let's keep it funky. Like when Giannis wasn't playing, the offense was different. Way the, different. The the Bucks played the game different. So when Giannis comes back, it's almost like, well, instead of us going back to how we were playing with Giannis being able to face the defense, let's put Giannis in regular action as a power forward that he is and not a point forward. Exactly. And you saw a few times, like you see the, 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 the three or four dunks that he had where he's running, sprinting to the ball screen, setting it. And then as soon as he sets it, he's snapping to the ball, snapping to the rim and he's getting wide open dunks. Like, you can do that every single time because at the end of the day, like, Giannis gets that joint anywhere near the rim, it's going to be a dunk. Like, people can kill him for not being able to shoot. Like, all right, cool. But, like, I'm cool with a nigga who knows that he don't need to shoot to go affect the game. Cool with that. Are you cool with that? I am because if you can't stop me from doing something, you should do it. I'm not going to slight you for doing what niggas can't stop you from doing. I mean, Ben Simmons might object you on that because you be killing him. Because Ben Simmons don't have the mentality like Giannis. And that's the problem with Ben Simmons. Like, I watch these games with Giannis, and then I look and I be like, there's no way on God's green earth (laughs) that this nigga Ben Simmons cannot model his game after how Giannis plays. Yeah. And then, you know, it struck me. I'm like, nah, that nigga can't do that because all the things that Giannis isn't, <laughs> the one thing that he is is supremely confident in his work. 
Because you got to be confident to go out there and shoot a bunch of threes knowing you might hit the fucking Jerry West on the rim. <laughs> That's a different type of confidence. Yeah. You going and attacking the rim constantly, knowing you're going to get fouled, knowing you're going to hear these niggas. You got these niggas. You went to the line 17 times. That's 17 niggas. That's 17 times niggas counted to at least 12. But you ain't shy away from that. You didn't not attack the rim or not attack the paint. And it's like, he's doing all that with confidence. So I'm not going to kill him for his shortcomings unless he falls in love with those things. Like we saw early in game one where he's just out there shooting the the ball. It's like, I'm cool with you shooting that, John, bro, but shoot them Jones in the flow of the game where you're doing that weird, you know, hezzy walk into your three. Not... Not just catch, shoot, through. like that's not you. That's not your mechanics. Right. I'm cool with him shooting in, in the flow, trail three, shit like that. Cool. You make him, you make him, you miss him, you miss him. But I look at that, I'm just like, there's no way that they can't find a way to get Ben Simmons to do something like that. Because the whole way that they switched their offense up, you have Brooke Lopez spacing the floor like Joel Embiid would. You have the 6'8 or 6'10 swing forward that can shoot, Tobias Harris, Chris Middleton. It's like there's so many parallels between those two teams in the way that they utilize players who are pretty similar from a basketball standpoint. But when you when you bring in that mental within it, like that's why Giannis is the two-time MVP, even though I don't fucking – agree with that shit but it's like that's why he's that because all those things that he know he can't do he's still going and doing them regardless because if you don't do those things you are now a detriment to your team in one of the biggest stages and you can't have that that's facts that's and facts. i'm gonna give credit i'm gonna give bud his credit because he realized damn i can run regular offense with my playmaking ball handlers and my guys who can score in the mid-range while also featuring Giannis in a way that doesn't stop the ball and stop the flow of the offense. And, wow, we might have something. And it's weird because every round we see the Bucks come off to these slow starts and then they win game three and it's like, oh, damn, they might really win this draw. I don't feel that way, though. I don't, I don't know about either. you. I don't feel that way either. I, 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 I'm really questioning if they have enough. Because uh, I mean, Devin Booker's not going to shoot poorly like that. Like, I, I like he's not going to score ten points again. He's not going to solely score ten not. points again. I, I just I don't see that happening. I don't. And not for nothing. Like the only person on the Suns a few nights ago that could hit a three point shot was Jay Crowder. Yeah, he's the only one that shot above. I want to say even 40 percent. So you said what? He's on my list. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know. But you got to you gotta put some respect on his name. But, yeah, I mean, I, he's the only guy that was that was able to shoot well the, uh, a few nights ago. I think Mikel Bridges shoots better uh, tomorrow night. I think um, I think all those guys just shoot better. But my question to you, just just to wrap up our, our finals, uh, our finals coverage. How does Monty Williams and the Suns try to stifle Giannis and the Bucks and that and using, you know, how they're using him in the pick and roll and having him rolling hard to the cup? Like, are they going to talk more when they when they run that zone and, and they got 
they run the they run the high screen and roll and then have the the back the back the back door cut uh, when they run that when they run that zone. Are they going to talk more at the bottom of that zone? Because I saw a lot of issues, a lot of wide open layups when they were running the high pick and roll and Giannis is then, you know, cutting hard to the basket, but then they have a backdoor cut as well that's wide open. It's putting DeAndre Ayton in a very sticky position. How do they kind of circumvent that or combat that? Well, I feel like that specifically what you're talking about, one is A, important, but two, I feel like that's, that's a correctable. You know, that's one of those things that you you kind of hammer home in in film and, and you know, your, your game prep. But I think – I honestly don't think they need to change anything in terms of guarding Giannis. Maybe – maybe Frank Kaminsky gets more minutes to try to help the potential foul trouble of DeAndre Ayton, but – I don't think they need to change much because we saw them win the game with Giannis dominating. To me, it's all about shrinking the floor on Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton. Because I think we're both in agreement that it doesn't matter what you really do to Giannis. He's one of those type of players. Like We watch people try to do all types of things to stop Travis Kelsey. Like all types of shit. But when you go to bet on his yards per game before that joint tip off and kick off, that shit is sitting consistently at 98 and a half. So basically, are you, are you comfortable with him getting 100? You're, going, you're like, yeah, I'm going to go with that because sure. <laughs> he does it in his sleep. Like maybe he won't get above 10. Like that's how I feel about Giannis. Like, you can try to do whatever, scheme against him, whatever, sag off, do this, do that. He's going to find a way to get 28 to 34 points. That's cool. If he goes and has a great game and gets 39 plus, you live with that. True. I mean, and, if, and hopefully DeAndre and doesn't get into foul trouble early like he did. That's, the, that's another key. Like he, him not being on the floor, early foul trouble is one thing, and then you – you compound that with Dario Saric with an ACL injury out for the series. Like people might not think that's a big, big thing, but when you get to the finals and you have a rotation of eight or nine players and then one of those players who may play 15 to 20 minutes, maybe you got to find a way to disperse those minutes. Now you got players who are playing way out of their element. Like, Furkan Korkmaz looked good in spurts when he come in and hit a bunch of threes. Literally, but if he's playing starter minutes or semi-starter minutes, those things that are keeping him buried on the bench for most of the game are going to be prevalent. And now the the guys on the other side of the ball, no. Exactly. It's the same situation. Same situation. So, and not for nothing, like you said, I don't got Devin Booker down for playing. <laughs> like, it, it can't – it. If it does continue to happen, it's going to be like, damn, like I'm going to feel some type of way. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that for sure. Because it's like, you don't want, like, I don't know. Like, I mean, you obviously talked about, you know, Devin Booker not being Kobe. Yeah, we get it. Like, obviously. We know that. But he's also, like, really fucking good. 
He's incredibly good. And I don't got him. I think he's too good of a player, too good of a shooter. Like, we're going to keep it funky. Like, the nigga was missing shots that he usually makes. Yes, yes. So, if I, like, it's not like, I'm like, damn, like, they was strapping him to the floor. Like, he's shooting wide open Jones, and he's just missing him. I'm thinking. I like, I'll, I, I like the percentages on that, for sure. Definitely. And especially if Cam Johnson comes and he continues to do what he's doing, Shooting the ball at a super high clip, that shit looks pure every time he shoots that joint. Looks like cocaine. That shit from Colombia. Yeah, like straight. <laughs> pure. Straight, strong, pure shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm like, all right, I'm here for that. I'm super here for that. But what I'm really like... <laughs> So I'm sitting watching, I'm watching the Olympics, not the Olympics, like the exhibition games, you know? Okay, 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 okay. And before I seen the game start, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Instagram, not and I see gram. Zach Levine in the gym, and he's with some, like, some random dude I've never seen before, right? Some basketball boy. And he's going through a series of just catching the ball, jab-stepping, and dribbling. Sounds very basic. So at first, I'm like, oh, I'm going to scroll past it because like, well, that's weird. But then I go back and I watch it, and it's him learning the difference of the travel in international play versus the NBA. If you catch, you jab, your foot comes down, and then you put the ball down to go, in America, that's perfectly legal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in FIBA, it's a walk. Very little small nuance changes within the game that we watch as Americans who love the NBA and the game that the world watches in terms of international hoops. Mm-hmm. And I think that is the biggest reason why this team is struggling the way it is. Like, I don't necessarily think it's, oh, the world's catching up to America because I don't agree. Like, yeah, there's a lot more pros and NBA players on the top international programs. Absolutely, because they're also very good role players outside of a few in the NBA. Like, they're rotational players in the NBA. It's not it's not weird seeing Patty Mills play for Australia. It's not right. weird seeing Matisse Thibel happen to be on the floor. Like, it's not weird seeing Luis Scola still playing for Argentina. Like, right. these are staples in one, their teams, and two, we've seen these guys play at a high level in the NBA. That's... So I don't think their struggles is that. I think the makeup of the roster is bad. It's really bad. It's disgusting. But I was I was going to wait to ask you this, but I'm not because I want to know what the fucking answer is. Do you did these niggas really just wake up, stretch? Yeah. Oh, here we go. You know what today is? Make a roster day, and you know what we're going to do? We're going to start at this position, and you know who we want? Bam, Eddie Bio, huh? Oh, oh. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Bam. That was the option. Bro, would you got to understand one? 
I think the reason why this roster looks the way that it does is because there's a litany of injuries in the A right now. A litany. That's the reason why the playoffs looked looked the way that they did. Two, if you want to talk about big man options, who else do you put there? You want to put Nikolai Jokic? Oh, wait, he's not fucking American. You want to put Joel Embiid? Oh, wait, he's not American and he's hurt. So who, what, Rudy Gobert? Oh, <laughs> damn, not American. Keep going. <laughs> who, 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 who do you want? Who do you want? Like, who do you want in that position? AD, coming off of an injury. Like, you don't have too many options. Vucevic in Chicago, not American. Like, we don't have American bigs. We don't really have them. So I don't really know what you want from us. Either they're African or they're European or they're Yugoslavian. I don't know. Like, they're just not American. So I don't know what you want from us. But Bam Adebayo is the best we got. And I think he's African. So no one. (laughs) I'm pretty sure there's somewhere or some way that he specifically could be playing for Nigeria. I feel as though... That's a thing that could be a thing, but it's not. And you're right. There are no American bigs that we could send in there. So me personally, watching what I've seen in the Olympics from our squad, from the Worlds to like the FIBA World Championships to the Olympics, we've always had some type of big, whether it's Carlos Boozer or Tyson Chandler. Or Chris Bosch or Dwight Howard, like most of them guys outside of Carlos Boozer are probably gonna be Hall of Famers. Like they're champions, they're prominent bigs. I get it. We don't have that now. We made the mistake of bringing Brooke Lopez and Miles Turner along for the ride one time. <laughs> and you know what the rest of the world did to that shit? Ate them up. It's like what our niggas do against slow-footed bigs in the NBA. <laughs> Find him, screen me, string it out, choop, 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 boop, boop, bat, bam. So we couldn't have brought that back. But my whole thing is like, I get it. I understand Bam is like the new age revolutionary swing center, point center, do the whole nine. I get it. But if you're going to have a big like that, you can't also have a four like Draymond. And like those two guys are, are, are you know, mentality-wise, they try to play D. Draymond more so than Bam because I've seen Bam look a little shaky out there. But the rest of the roster is filled out with like supreme talent. But to me, it's a bunch of one-way talent. Yeah. That's... It's a bunch of one-way talent that doesn't understand the game internationally it's the one-way talent that doesn't understand the game internationally and they are also experiencing the olympics pretty much for the first time like we were spoiled <laughs> that's what i'm saying bro like that's spoiled like that's a thing appreciate that 08 team because you had bro you people forget bro you had almost everybody on that team Played in in the in the U eighteen circuit. Played in the in the U nineteen circuit. 
So like that's like that's experience that's just unique and special to that team. Like we just assume that oh we were just Americans and we just had all these great players and the NBA is in America uh, is an American league that we're just always destined to be at the top. It's like yes and no. We have the talent, but at the world stages, like you talked about earlier with Zach Levine it's played by different rules. There's different rules and those nuances. Yeah. They seem minute and, and small, but they're very prevalent and, and they affect the game a lot and how you play the game a lot. So it, it matters. It really does matter. And like, you can look back on certain plays over these last two, over these two losses. And you could say, well, damn, like that's a foul ref. Like he right. was driving to the lane, threw the ball up, fell. Like we're conditioned as, NBA fans to assume that those are fouls. Those are play orange in international ball. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people I see are like panicking, like, oh, this team is bad. They're not going to win. That may be true. They might not win the gold. Who knows? I'm not going to bet against them to not win the, win the gold, though, because talent should always win, and we have the most They still have KD and Damian Lillard. Like. Yeah, like I got faith that they're going to find a way to smooth out the problems and, and figure out how to run a decent offense, but like it might start with Brad Bill going to the bench. It might start with them really needing Chris Middleton and Devin Booker to come through because uh yeah Brad Bill playing this sloppy slow sluggish style of ball he looks like a nigga who was getting big minutes and averaging 30 and they'd be oh wait that was like a few months back he should go sit on the pine and chill for a little bit because he doesn't look engaged we're getting beat off of regular basketball cuts but I, that I, I think off I think he's one. I think also these guys are also thinking about Paul George, like Paul Who's George. Isn't, Paul George isn't on this team, but I think a lot of guys are thinking about their money and their team and injuries. Like that's a thing, man. Because if you not for nothing, you could say that Paul George's career changed drastically after that injury, whether you like him or not, whether uh, no matter how you feel about his play. I think his career and how he's looked at as a player changed drastically after that injury. So, I mean, I think a guy like Bradley Bale, who's infamous for getting hurt, definitely has some of that in the back of his mind where he's playing like it's an all-star game and just out there trying to get some buckets and not really trying to play D, which, I mean, I get, but also, bro, you're at this stage – you're playing for something. So you're still playing for the country. Like people are, have expectations for you. So if you, if that's what you wanted to do, you should have just opted out for real, for real. Cause people aren't cool for that. See, I don't know if I agree with, with, with that. It could definitely be a factor though. The whole idea of him being hurt. But I think that I'll put it like this. If they were playing in Thomas and Mack center, absolutely. I think, players like him would be thinking about that because that was a big thing. Like, yo, why is this dancing so close? You know, is college gym, college structures, just that in fifth. I think that's why they're playing where they're playing now and yeah. how things look a little different. But I could see a level of concern, especially for a guy like Brad, because he had soft tissue injuries. Exactly. But on the same token, it's like, bro, like if that's what it is, like, the games don't start for a while. Like you can chill, like we can figure out what we need to do and throw you in there. Like you're, you're, you're an additional shooter 
who can get buckets. So it's not going to be hard to integrate you back into an offense if you were to sit down and take some time off. I don't think he needs that, but they need to figure something out. I don't know if they're really waiting to see if Harden's going to come and play or if when when Middleton and Booker get over there, like, is it going to stabilize things, which I think it will because, one, they'll both be coming from the finals. Two, Middleton has a defensive mentality to him in a way that I think the team needs because he's got length, bro. Pro length. And that pro length is different. And he's not one of those guys who complains to the refs often. Yeah. And, you know, like we were talking about before with players playing in certain eras and being able to dish out punishment when defenders can push them around, like Chris Middleton invites that type of stuff. Right, 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 right. You know, and I think that's going to be something to look for, look forward to and pay attention to is how the physicality deals and affects this version of the U.S. team. Because you wasn't playing physical against Kobe and fucking D-Wade and Dwight Howard and LeBron, LeBron, LeBron James. Like, you weren't <laughs> playing physical against Carmelo Anthony, who's the greatest Olympian we've ever seen the greatest international basketball player we've ever seen. You're not doing that to those guys because we know at the root and essence of all of those games that <laughs> of those men that we mentioned or that I just mentioned, that physicality is going to be a detriment to the defender, not a plus. Yep. Now I'm shimmying. Now I'm in my bag. I'm doing wild shit. And you see niggas like Kobe shushing the crowd off of, off of threes and one threes and shit. Like he's bringing us home, bro. But you know, being know loved, physicality, being loved that moment, being loved that moment. But also, I mean, Bean had that. He had that global experience, like. Just and playing that's something globally. we don't have. <laughs> we don't have that. We, the guys on the team right now aren't hardened in the Olympic way as the teams of the past. Yeah. And that's because we are now, like, you can only play, but for so many years in the Olympics, obviously, it's every four years. So, like, this is a new era of, like, it's the Young Bucks turn now. Like, do you think here, well, here's a question for you do you think that they should have brought in a guy like Mello, who's still playing but obviously isn't at his you know at his peak but do you bring in a guy to kind of help these because you got a very young roster this year you got a lot of guys who really haven't been here too many times like I mean Chris Middleton's been there a few times being a bench guy but like I mean KD obviously but there's other than that there's not really been a lot of guys who've been on Team USA so do you is that the type of guy that they maybe should have brought in there? I mean, it could have been cool to see them bring Melo in. I don't I would feel like that would be a decision that Melo, if Melo wanted to do it, because he's not the same guy that he is, and I feel like his role would be a little too expanded. I'm watching the first two games, I'm like, well, look, y'all might have to send Kevin Love back the fuck over here, and y'all should probably go get Julius Randle. Because you need an edge down there. Because Kevin Love not cutting it, man. And, like, I get it. Kevin Love is probably playing the mellow role that, you know, we were just speaking of. Yeah, but too, too, too. Like, to go back to an earlier thing that we were discussing in terms of the roster makeup, it's like, what bigs could they bring? I don't know. Like, Towns is not going to play for America. No. 
he would be a very, very, very good option for America. I think he would kill any international game. Would but he, would he kill? Would he yeah, kill? So. Would he I kill? Think he would. I think he would. I don't because know. He's going to get a lot of. He's going to get a lot of those kickouts when Dame and KD's driving and sucking too. But you're talking about toughness, like like when you talk That's about different. I'm talking about size at this point because we don't have that. That's fair. so now. So now my thing is all right. Maybe y'all should have went and maybe flipped the flipped the tires, kicked the tires on Nerlens Noel or a big athletic rim protector. Yeah. To, to maybe even come off the bench and just give somebody some minutes. Right. I would be like, a, like a nigga like Mitchell Robinson or someone like that. That's a guy where Robert, I Robert Williams from the Celtics. Like yeah. just a big, strong, knows their role type of guy. And that's the thing that we need to find out about this team. Who's going to find the roles? Like yeah. niggas like Jason Tan walk around with the 10 and like, bro. That 10 is that that 10 that 10 come different. You was talking about how you feel about wearing that 10. I mean, he could that 10 didn't come out of here with no eight points, my nigga. I, I got you, bro. But I mean, like, they gotta, they gotta. I don't like the spots that they've been trying to put Jason Tatum though. Like, I don't like, like, I don't like where he's where they've been trying to get him shots. So I think that has to be adjusted as well. Like obviously he's got to play better, obviously for sure. But I just don't necessarily like the spots that that Pop has really been calling plays for him either. So I think that has to be adjusted as well. I just I, I want to know <laughs> if these guys lose to Argentina tonight, it's going to be a problem. Obviously. Oh yeah, for sure. And like they, what what'll happen if they lose to Argentina is the same thing that I keep seeing on Twitter, and I'm not really feeling it. And it's this whole idea that. Yo, LeBron would have never did no shit like that. Yo, LeBron not losing to Nigeria. LeBron not losing to Australia. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, bro, everything don't have to go back to LeBron. Well, we trying to discuss KD. Like, y'all trying to find things to talk negatively about KD for. Like, do y'all, do we not remember when Brian and them was on the team they didn't win the gold? But, I mean, bro, you got to also... People are like, going is this Kevin Durant's fault that they're losing the games? People are going to do that when one, the talk of the town has just been we just transitioned. I think it's we've really got to see the transition of people saying, okay, like maybe Bron's not the best in the world anymore, and maybe now it's KD. And so now they're like, all right, well, like, fuck it, like KD the guy. All right, we go USA basketball Olympic year bet. Like, let me see it. Like, gold, gold me then. Like, if, if he's this boy, if he's who you say he is, and then, then let's see it. And we've seen two L's, and we just normally don't see that when Bron's on a team, but it's, it's different circumstances. Like, KD's playing with a whole bunch of Gerber babies. Like, Bron was playing with seasoned vets who've been there before and know how to do it and just do it to the level that they do it you mean, so so I do it like, and they do it, and it's like they, <laughs> they do it. You can't do it how I'm doing it. And it's like that's why I can't engage in these type of convos because it's like, yo, I'm not taking nothing away from Brown, but he happened to be playing on the Olympic teams with, with, with Kevin Durant, like, <laughs> and Carmelo Anthony, and Dwayne Wade, 
and Dwight Howard and Michael Red and Darren Williams. I was about to say and Darren Williams and Kobe Bryant and Bryant Kobe and the Mamba. Like we're talking about those <laughs> niggas, yo. Thanks, thanks, These thanks. the staples of what we know the NBA to be. A thousand percent. We're not talking about LeBron playing with Jason Tatum and Dame Lillard and <laughs> Jeremy Grant and Jeremy Grant. Bro, Jeremy, Jeremy Grant. Bro, stop, yo. Jeremy Grant had a great year last year in Detroit. And he's actually playing. I actually like the role that he kind of is playing for the team. Like he's playing good defense, solid defense, and stretching the floor and knocking down. The three-pointer. I, I, I'm i here for that. See, I get it. I understand it. I understand his role. I understand what he's supposed to be doing there. I understand what, is what I'm saying is, <laughs> like, I'm not going to knock Jeremy Grant. I thought he should have got most improved player or as a one runaway guy. And, you know. Literally. Whatever happened, happened. He had a great Bro, year. I rem- whoa, whoa, whoa. I remember watching Jeremy Grant when the Sixers drafted him and him just being a slasher who had crazy bounce and was just dunking on motherfuckers. Couldn't shoot a lick, couldn't hit a free throw. And now he's the player that we see today. Got, he's a Swiss Army knife, has a lot of different things he can do out on the floor. He can rebound, defend, shoot the ball. It's crazy, man. Got to be most most improved player. I, I was I was hurt to not see him get get that award. I'm not I'm not I'm not bringing his name up to say that like he he don't belong. He looks kind of out of place, but you know it's just like the team is completely <laughs> different. The circumstances nah, yeah. are different. It's like there's no Coach K. There's no like foundational things that the people of the Olympic trials in the American Basketball Association happen to be dealing with. Agreed. And they're exhibition games. Like who, if they start dropping in pool play and all that, then all right, we're gonna have something to talk about. And it's like whoa, whoa, whoa. But like <laughs> I'm also not gonna blame any of the players for not winning. I'm blaming the people who constructed the situation in the first place. Yeah, because y'all had and maybe people didn't want to play. Maybe this is the best of the best of people who were available and wanted to play, which is cool. But, you know, we'll see what happens. But, like, this is also the best of the best, like the upper echelon. Like, we're going to see some wild shit for them. And, like, we see wild shit from these guys in the NBA season. And, like, Dame, for example, double nickels, getting 60, dropping crazy threes, setting the Twitter world on fire. LeBron, Curry, Way a bunch of niggas from the Chicago Bulls, just random ass players at that point in time. Like when we see guys like Dame go off and Curry go off, and when Kobe was going off, we see niggas live tweeting Kobe Bryant's 81 point game as if they never seen it before. We saw that. Yeah. We saw Embiid go out there get a wild 50, 17, five blocks, two steals. Subsequent tweets flooding in from, from his peers. Giannis go get two 40s in the finals and <laughs> niggas is tweeting about 
who knows what? <laughs> they was on Twitter talking about who who should you take the bread first? Shit like that. And it's like, I'm gonna ask you real fast, like, is there a reason for that? Like, is there a reason why you think people, not even people, like NBA players don't give Giannis his love? Because I I saw this question posed on Twitter and like I find it to be so interesting. I mean, I don't think. I don't even think it's guys not giving Giannis love. It's just more so guys know who Giannis is, right? Like he he's a very special player, but he he's very special at doing basic things at an elite level, if that makes sense. And so guys you know, upper echelon guys, guys in the league, like they see it, they respect it. They know that, you know I mean? It's, it's not easy doing that, but it's nothing that that's shocking. You could, you could see a guy at your local YMCA doing those moves and scoring like that. Like obviously not to the dunks and slams and stuff like that, but still laying the ball up, running high, picking rolls, cutting deep to the basket Guys like Dame, guys like Joel Embiid, when they have special nights, it's it's real clear how special it is. They're doing shit that you don't normally see. You're, they're doing things that that are special to them and and only they can do. So it's like it's just different. It's like you said, it's different type of forty point games. And when Giannis has them, like they're special, but they're not equivalent to the upper echelon of the league. Yeah, and, like, I think it goes back to, like, like the James Harden and Giannis beef to me is pretty funny because a lot of people trying to frame it as, oh, James just be hating because he don't got as many MVPs as Giannis. And I'm one of those people who, like, I don't think it's that. I just think that he, he kind of opened the door to what a lot of the top-tier players in the league think. And a lot of the top-tier players, there is just mutual respect amongst them that, like, yo, we may have our battles, but like I'll fuck with you. Like right, it looked right. like Bron and Curry fuck with each other. Like right. Bron fuck with Harden. Like KD and, and Harden fuck with each other. Obviously, like KD fuck with Bron. Like it's a thing. None of them niggas. I don't think they really fuck with Giannis like that because Harden said it best. He's like, I don't need skill to run around and dunk and be seven foot. Like I need skill to do what I do. And, like, that's not hating. That's just what it is. As good as Giannis is, his game isn't optically pleasing. It's not one of those games that has signature things to it. And like you said, when you watch players do special shit on special nights, you're seeing Joel Embiid be seven foot one, seven foot two, hit a trail three, block a shot, come down, dream shake, hit the fade, come down again, two dribbles, step back. Like, you're looking at him doing wild things. You're looking at Dame Lillard refuse screens, knock threes down over two niggas from 40 out. You're seeing Curry hitting from half court. You're seeing James Harden go on runs of 30 points at a time or wild shit like that. You're seeing Kevin Durant not even see people on the floor when he's shooting the ball. You're seeing LeBron scoring 25 in a row we've seen these things these signature moments and we can pick out signature moves signature style signature movements 
before the ball goes in the bucket. You don't do that with Giannis because they're all dunks and lays. I mean, which is cool. There's nothing wrong with that, but I think that's why you see a lot of players. They're not impressed with how it how the 40s coming because it's not unique enough. Not to say that it's not good or it doesn't work because obviously 40 is 40 and we never going to trip, but they don't look alike. I mean, I think also too, like if Braun is having runs in some undisclosed location, Giannis <laughs> is not getting a call. <laughs> like Giannis is not getting a call. If Harden or KD are having like side runs with like, like the runs, get a, the runs in that gym that we saw all them niggas at in New York. Like Giannis ain't never Giannis been not in getting that invite. I'm sorry. Like he's just not one of those guys. And I don't think it's anything personal, but it's just like, I, best, I feel like hoops. I don't know. You could tell, you could say it better than I can, but I just feel like hoops can be clicky like that at times, especially like, guys who play AAU ball and stuff like that, like, if you just don't have that relationship with that guy, one, you're not going to speak on him. And two, you're just not going to be invited to certain runs. That's just how it go. It, it, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Giannis would get the invite to the runs, and I also don't think Giannis would even go or want to go to them. Though. Yeah, facts. Like, I think Bron, like, I feel like when we were watching Bron and, and Giannis do the NBA All-Star Draft, like they felt like they were kind of cool with each other. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like Brian got respect for him. Giannis got respect. Giannis always show respect to the like Giannis to tell you, yeah, KD better than me, probably. Like he'll probably be the nigga to tell you that. But him being that guy, I don't think he even would want to go to the runs. I think he might be the guy who wants to go and put the work in out of sight. Out of yeah. Yeah. But like, like, I don't know. I find it weird. I don't find it weird. I just find it interesting that of all the monster games we've ever seen from Giannis from a stat line perspective, you've never seen the recap of the game and then they're showing highlights and they cut to a bunch of, well, this is what the NBA players were saying about the game last night. It's never that for Giannis. Yeah. Because, yo, good dunk, crazy dunk, nice dunk. Great dunk. Like, nah, it's going to be like, yo, that 40-footer from Dane was crazy. Yo, KD, chill out. Treat that man like he got some respect. Yo, D-Book, 40-point triple-double off the shimmy baseline, Kobe joint. Like, it's different, bro. Like, Filet not narrating a Giannis highlight. He's not. I'm just saying. There's no tweens. There's no tween. There's no tweens. There's no tween, 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 tween. No sham. No, no <laughs> shimmy sham. There's no skip through. There's definitely probably a lot of skip through that slam, but <laughs> I mean that don't hit it don't hit the same as tween tween drop curl floater off two for that. <laughs> it don't fit. Def don't. It don't fit. That's all I'm saying. Hopefully we can get this dub. But I guess it'll just be to be determined. Yeah, it's gonna be to be determined because it's gonna get spooky if they lose. Woo woo woo! Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? Fuck this. One more.